Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. Mitchell Santaga, in beautiful British Columbia, in the Gurkha Cigar Studios. Well, actually, he's not in the Gurkha Cigar Studios today. It looks like he's outside um, in that beautiful Canadian wilderness where he it is, lives. It is beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful out here. You know, is it true that... There's a uh, a scenery tax when you live in Canada. Just like you pay extra because you, everything's a a wallpaper, so to speak. <laughs> um, there they have definitely... that. In the, they have that in the state of New Hampshire, and I think Maine and Vermont, maybe here in the U.S. I don't. I don't think it's imposed by the government, but it's pretty much just anything where you have a nice view. You're charged much, much more. Yeah, uh, you know, as but uh... you should. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's nice over here. It's a uh, balmy forty degrees outside uh, Fahrenheit. That's freedom for you guys. It's about five between zero and five degrees Celsius here. Um, yeah, I'm I'm bundled up, but it's uh, it's not raining, which is nice. It hasn't. Uh, it's been raining for about almost four weeks straight now. And yesterday was the first day I saw sunshine in I don't even know how long, but uh, yeah, must be must be depressing. Um... <laughs> But no, we are we're here again. Uh, I wasn't here last show. You uh, you held down the fort by yourself. Uh, great job, by the way. Uh, Thank you. Who, Thank for you. Those who who did miss that show that was last week with uh, Ram Rodriguez of Artista Cigars. Mitchell uh, ran that show by himself. He did a great job. Uh, thank you for for doing that for me. I was just like I said, I was feeling I was feeling bad. It was it was horrible. I had a bad stomach thing. It was horrible. You know, I just, I just couldn't I just couldn't couldn't do it. So um, the show must you. go on. And uh, I'm glad we had Ram on, you know, first time we kind of had a last minute mishap with him where his, his flight got super delayed. So it was, yeah. uh, it was good actually getting him on. He was coming in from the Dominican Republic. So that was a great show. He, he shed a lot of light on kind of their farming practices and just a good show. You guys should check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this week we have a guest with us again as well. Um, this guest is one that some of you may have heard of before, but um, if you haven't, you'll learn a little bit more about him. But he's been around for a long time, uh, as we just discussed in the green room. Uh, he's been around longer than both me and Mitchell have been alive, at least in the industry. Um, right now, uh, we'll get into everything that he's done. But right now, one of the biggest things that he has done is he's been doing some work on a couple of different books for a publishing company called Asoline. And one of those books was done for Arturo Fuente. And I know that that is uh, being promoted right now. So he's going to come on. He's going to talk a little bit more about that. Well, without further ado, welcome to the show, Aaron Sigmund. Aaron, are you there? Yes, I'm here. It's the miracle of technology, I have to tell you. <laughs> and I got the weather report in BC. And I, uh, I learned about your stomach bug and... Uh, what could be more compelling to your listeners and, and viewers than diarrhea? So we're off to a great start. I feel like we saw sun and we saw sun coming out of your ass. So it's all it's all coming together, apparently. It is. It is. Um, you know, but hey, it's an all, educational show. I'm so excited to be here. It's uh, we're it going to learn so much together. It is. You and know, we, we, peel, we peel the curtain back. They get to see, you know, what's going on behind the scenes sometimes, you know, <laughs> Clearly, clearly, this is uh, <laughs> this is full transparency at its best. Absolutely. Um, but no, Aaron, thank you for being here with us tonight. We really appreciate <laughs> your time. 
Um, yeah, it's my pleasure. What happened to Nicole? It's it's you know the the. So everyone everyone wants to know. <laughs> did did so? Do you not do you not know the news? Maybe you don't know. Okay, Nicole's no, actually well, Nicole's pregnant. Uh, you know. Oh oh yes. Yes. I did see that on the Instagram, <laughs> on the on the social media. That's right. Yeah. So it, she... it prohibits her from interviewing people. I guess I don't know. Well, <laughs> well, you know, it was uh, Mitchell joined the team around the same time, and it, it was just a good time for her to take a break so she could focus on all of that. And I, you know, setting up two different setups and all that, and it was just easier. And Mitchell was game for it, so we kind of have a little bit of a different routine. But you know, Nicole is still she's still with us. It's just you know. She's taking a little hiatus. Um, she'll be she coming, coming totally back. What was that, Aaron? Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, sorry. I think that was uh, Mitchell. Oh, yeah, she does. Uh, she'll be with me next week at TPE in Las Vegas. Uh, she won't be smoking. Nice. And she won't be out at night. But uh, she's going to come and help me do what I got to do. But then uh, for PCA, she she won't be there. And uh, this is probably the last cigar thing she probably will be involved with outside of the, the charity fundraiser, wow. which we'll talk about later. But um, she's probably going to sit the rest of the year out cigar related wise. So, Sure. Totally understand. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we I know I'm not Mitchell. as beautiful. I know hey, I'm not hey, as you know beautiful. What? But you Speaking know, hey. on behalf of everyone else, I am too. I just, we're excited. Thank you. <laughs> And right before the show started, uh, well, actually, first let me let me get to this first, and then we'll we'll get into that. I know you're not smoking with us, Aaron, so um, this is just going to be for me and Mitchell, I guess. I can. But... I, I offered. I, I I offered to hold up a cigar and all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, I've had a couple cigars already today. I try, I try to limit it, especially after I just spent a whole week in the DR. So, you know, that's like waking up with a cigar, going to sleep with a cigar, all that type of stuff, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so I try to, when I, the first week back, I try to limit it a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I know how it goes and I don't blame you at all. It's sometimes you just need a little, little yeah. break from it after. Um, but yeah, no, a little so, breather literally and figuratively. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mitchell, what are you smoking with us tonight? Uh, I've got a little Opus X. I think you were saying what it was the, the triple X. You called it the, it's the, uh, yeah, it's it's the triple X Bellicoso. Also known yeah. as Power Ranger. Uh, it's a fun little cigar, especially in the Opus blend. Uh, I am smoking a Fuente Rosado event cigar. Um, we went with now Fuente. I feel very guilty about not not smoking. What I what did you smoke today that. already? How about how about you just go through those? What yeah, what did you smoke? Yeah, what did you smoke? Uh, I smoked a Fuente Fuente Opus X. I think it was a Toro. I don't know. Nice. I smoked something. Okay. And um, and then I smoked a uh, uh, a Monte Cristo uh, Especial Number Two. Ah, okay. Those are good. Cuban. Yes. Yeah. Is that well? I, 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 no, Dominican, no. A lo- one Dominican, one Cuban. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people. Uh, like obviously, you know, it's it's a little harder to get Cubans. Uh, being in Canada, we have a lot of them, but. Um, yeah, I it just it's uh, sometimes a little harder to get, it's but New obviously, you... I mean it's New York. You can you can live <laughs> whatever you want. It's it's fine. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, and then I I had a little Davidoff uh, 
Exquisito, uh, I guess it's technically not a cigarillo, but it's kind of like a cigarillo. Kind of kicked off my day with that. So kind of made the rounds, I guess, today. You know, I like to think. Nice. Yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice you know, lineup. It's, it's the pauses. It's the pauses that excite the audience. I think it's uh, the awkward silence. Well, the, we, as we were talking about before the show, there's a, there's a little bit of a delay yes. between all of us. So um, I, yes, I, I've been trying is. to pause so I can let it catch up before I keep going. Um, so I am sorry. I apologize go. about that. But yeah, yeah. It, 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 it creates dramatic effect. It does. It does. Um, <laughs> it does. But anyway, so that's what we're smoking tonight. And for all of your cigar needs, head over to twoguyscigars.com. That's the number twoguyscigars.com for an amazing selection of cigars, including Arturo Fuente, um, which you can find online. And while you're at it, head over to Cigar Blondie Accessories and get yourself a cutter and lighter set from Cigar Blondie. I'm using their beautiful chrome double guillotine and signature flat blade flame lighter sorry it's a lot to say really fast um tonight and that's only from cigarblondie.com all right i know, I I know you're, you're not doing to... a tremendous job your mother and i are so proud i know you're not smoking anything aaron but uh i saw you sipping on something what what is your uh beverage of choice tonight i guess uh yeah so a uh, wine what am i drinking um a rioja uh, so it's a uh nice hmm. nice little rio huh yeah no i uh i had you know it is unseasonably warm here in new york city new york um and i actually started out my day well not my day sound like an alcoholic i mean beyond the obvious uh i had with lunch i had some rosé which is kind of a spring summertime thing but it was since we were talking about the weather report earlier in uh, bc um it was 65 degrees fahrenheit here today on February 15th Ooh. in New York City, New York, which is a very well, balmy you know, there is no global. Yeah, there is no global warming. But if there was, I would imagine it would be about 65 degrees in New York City, New York. So there you go. <laughs> and I'm in Boston, just so a, not too, too far away from you. And yeah, it was it's it's warm. No. today. I don't know if it was 65, but it was 50, 65. It's insane. It's almost 70 degrees. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I think it's going to get warmer. The we next can ask days Surrey too. what that is in. We can ask Surrey what that is in Celsius because Americans don't do no such things. I think it's for the rest of you. I think it's about can... sixteen or seventeen Celsius. Yeah, 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 something like that. Because I know once you get in the twenties, it's getting hot. Nicole understands yeah. Celsius, but that's only because she's spent half of her life living in England. So um, I actually asked her something about that the other day. I was like, "What is this in Celsius?" And Let's, she knew. We just got to ask Surrey. Hold on. 65 Fahrenheit. Or like 16.3. I'm going to Google while we're... So, yeah, hold on. It is... So if you guys didn't know, Aaron is also oh, an amateur gotta... weatherman, um, which he's been dabbling yeah, in his exactly. spare time. Uh, that's a meteorologist <laughs> to you and, uh, and me. Hold on. Uh, 65 Fahrenheit in Celsius. Hold on here. We got to... Uh, it is actually 18.33. There you go, 18. Wow, so, look uh, at that. Yeah, that's that's warm. Yeah, yeah, eighteen and a third. Yeah. Normally, Aaron and I, where we live, and Mitchell, I mean, up in Canada, I, I always just assumed that everything was snow all the time. But normally, where we live, there's a snowstorm on the way for the weekend. 
we're still shoveling the shit from last week and trudging through it. And there's a, oh, there's yeah. a nasty dry wind chill and it just sucks outside. And I was walking around outside today and I was like, it feels like beginning of April. This is, I could get used to this. Oh yeah. Um, no, this is spring weather. Let's just hope so it stays. Since you're in Massachusetts, <laughs> since you're in Mass, um, what was the general consensus of the Ben Affleck, uh, J-Lo Duncan's uh, commercial? It, it, was it well-received there? I found it somewhat funny. Mrs. Sigmund did not like it, funny enough. Well, you know, Aaron, that's a very good question. Uh, being from Boston, uh, <laughs> I feel like the stereotype that you would assume is if you live here, then... Ben Affleck is like one of the 12 celebrity gods that we all believe in. I don't really care sure. for Ben Affleck, so that part's out. And I don't like Dunkin' Donuts at all, so that's out. So for me, oh. I could give two shits about it. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's right. Ben Affleck doing another overstimulated Boston thing, even though he grew up here. Um, but, you know, I'm sure the the other Boston people, I mean, this, it's probably a 50-50 mix of like people who loved it because they're all Boston and Ben Affleck. Right. And then there's the people who are like, fuck him. He doesn't really represent us, um, even though everyone thinks he does. His his fake Boston accent in the town is not <laughs> a reflection on how we really speak, which, again, is strange because he lived here. At this juncture, I would think he lived in, in Beverly Hills or Hollywood or wherever he is yeah. longer than he lived in Boston. So, really... You know, you know, some he's of the not other a good representative. Some of the other greats, you know, they you know, like Damon, he's acceptable. Um yeah, he Right. You know, but Affleck, no. I just no. He's kind of a douche to me. I don't, I don't like him. You didn't like wow. Batfleck? Well, I don't That's just me though. Bat, I mean, Batfleck. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, Ben well, Affleck well, is not gonna, I'm, You know, it's not a duel at dawn for this guy. I mean, I'm just curious. It's, you know, it's <laughs> I, I think yeah. J-Lo was the best like, part of that commercial. <laughs> Do you? I think her hair was kind of off. I thought the guy who didn't recognize him was actually the best part of that commercial. He's like, Do I look, uh, do I look familiar? The guy's like, Straight up, no. It's like, No, you, you suck. no fucking idea who you are. Yeah. You, you suck or you're anonymous. Or, or both. Anonymous. Nobody's so watching for you. You're watching for me, exactly. okay? That's right. Exactly. All uh, right. Uh, good point, you though. Undoubtedly, have questions, and I, do. I perhaps have answers. Well, we talked about this before the show began. You have been in the cigar industry for did you say thirty-one years? It was thirty-one years in December. Yeah, so, so you know, a while. Yeah, that's just a little bit longer than Mitchell and I have both been alive. Um, that's right. I'm 29, yep. Mitchell's 30. And we were having a good time without you. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, good <laughs> times know, were had. Somebody, you know, somebody has to come and, and you know, bring it down a little bit. So uh, that, that's yeah, We got to keep you guys in check. You yeah. know, that's what we got to do here. You know, as the as the, as the the older yeah, generation exactly begins it. to enter that elderly stage, you know, somebody has to come Oof. in. God, uh, that hurts. Jose right, Blanco, you know, would be good if he was here, um, you know, for, for that because he really is old. But – um, yeah, you know. he's like 20 years older than me. I just want you to know that. Maybe even <laughs> old am I? Yeah, so maybe even 120 yeah, so, years so, older. So yeah, exactly. So Joe White from the Bronx, uh, Uncle Jose. Um, God, yeah, he's at least 20, maybe even 25 years older than me. So there's a little, 
you know, kind of generational gap there as well. So oh, yeah. He's like the uh, the grandfather of the industry, you know, but he's, you know, he's he a is. good one. He's he a good is. one. He's a good one. Um, like Pete Johnson and I are four years apart. He's just aging a lot better than I am. Who's older? Maybe five, four or five. Who's older? You yeah, or Pete? He looks great. Oh, me, by country. So you're what, 54, mind. 55? Because I know Pete, didn't Pete just celebrate his 50th? 50th. Yeah, so I'm 55. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That was easy to figure out. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, looking great yeah. for 55. Well, you do look great for 55. I well, mean, thank you. Know. you. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. You sound, you sound even means. better, though. You sound even better. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So I know, um, I know that. Yeah, so a long time. I know that you worked for Nat Sherman for a while. Was that where you started, or where exactly did you start in this industry? No, no, not at all. So I worked my way through uh, grad school, uh, being the general manager of the Davidoff at Geneva store on Rodeo Drive, technically via Rodeo, which is a little side street. Um, and uh, and that was I started there in December 91. So uh, that's how I got my start in the industry. Wow. And that store was very interesting for a couple different reasons. One was it was two stories and there was a private club upstairs because of its location and because it was so private, um, we attracted a lot of celebrities, which is always interesting. Um, that's one. Two is, unlike the New York stores, which have always carried other product, it only carried Davidoff product. So we had Davidoff, we had Zeno, when it was the Zeno Mutankade and the Connoisseur and all those lines. Uh, we had Avo, we had Griffin, we had Private Stock, which was its own thing. Uh, and that was really about it because in that high concentration, um, <laughs> great, Carlito's, <laughs> Carlito's watching. Yeah, Carlito's <laughs> Jose Blanco is in his That is, that is not nice. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was interesting because that time, which uh, Carlito Wells knows, is there was a Dunhill there, there was a Tinderbox there, where there were a couple independents. Uh, uh, Aristotle had their own store. So there were a lot of different stores. So everybody, there was Nazareth, there was, of course, uh, Grand Avanarim, which there still is. So there was, um, everybody was very focused on their own stuff. And so uh, this was really through and through a Davidoff store. But um, because we had the private room, we kind of had a solid celebrity factor, which was fun and interesting. And I was there, and it was while I was there that I wrote the uh, business plan for Smoke Magazine. So there you go. So in my off time, my downtime in between clients and customers and whatnot, uh, Mike, uh, say good evening. Uh, good evening, Mike. Good evening, wherever Mike. Wherever you are. I hope you're... Yeah, why not? Um, so, uh, uh, so yeah, so that's where I actually wrote the business plan for Smoke. So there you go. That's awesome. So you are also one of the early guys yeah. in cigar media, technically too. I mean, you you know you kind of were in that realm. So Smoke Magazine <laughs> was the second glossy. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, Smoke Magazine uh, at the time, uh, well, not at the time, at any time, was the only magazine that was truly competitive with Cigar Aficionado. I mean, Cigar Aficionado was well, 350 pages, and we were like 324 or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, it was the second uh, international, technically, glossy uh, cigar publication. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Very early, as a matter of fact. And it was different. It was very different than CA. CA was, uh, 
I, you know, when I when I started Smoke um, with some business partners, uh, I always said, you know, Cigar Aficionado was my dad's publication and uh, my magazine Smoke was for um, was for my generation. And I kind of stick by that. And even if I didn't, I, I, I have to because I said it all that time ago. So right. there you go. Well, it's interesting yeah. because, um, you know, you kind of you went from doing, you know, more of that classic, traditional journalistic kind of thing into over time, you know, now you become yep. an author of books and, you know, not really media, but you're still you're still doing that, that written part too, but more of a, a, a different kind of publication. So, um, yes. You, you, you really you come you've come a long way I guess so to speak I mean, especially considering when we get into yes the my mother is proud of me just like you know your mother and I are proud of you yes yeah 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 um, um, yeah I've written four <laughs> books on cigars I've written 19 books in total plus a couple of children's books which would be appropriate to talk to uh, talk about here um yeah uh well, you know, books are the ultimate heritage media, quite honestly, and so, uh, um, and so there you go. How, uh, what, how, what book did you start you with? Know, uh, so, uh, my first book was actually my first cigar book, which was the Playboy Book of Cigars. So I was the cigar editor of Playboy magazine, which is I was just going to ask you that, or yeah, was yeah. a thing. Yeah. So uh, Rick Hacker had that gig before me, who obviously has written a number of books or one particular book that he keeps on rewriting on cigars. And um, he had that gig before me and then I had it and I was the final one. I was also the, when you wrote into the Playboy advisor, I was the Playboy cigar advisor. So if you had a cigar question, um, I would answer that. And um, nice. that book did very, very well. We did a couple different editions. And uh, of course, it's the only uh, cigar book with boobs. So I'm very, very proud of that. And um, yeah, so yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> I took 10 years in between the Playboy Book of Cigars and the Impossible Collection of Cigars, which was the first book that I did for Azeline. And Matthew, kudos to you. Not everyone gets the pronunciation of Azeline correct uh but you did so ding 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 you win That's right. um so uh so uh i did the impossible collection of cigars which heavily featured i actually insisted on it um they wanted an all cuban cigar book and i said no no way um and so i actually uh called a couple of friends who are retailers in both uh england and germany and france and i said you know you sell both uh cuban and non-cuban cigars what is roughly the percentage at that juncture. And it was a pretty consistent answer. It was 70% Havana's and 30% uh, non-Cubans, Dominican and Nicaraguans uh, primarily. And uh, so that's exactly what the book is. The book features 100 cigars and 70 of them are Cuban and 30 of them are non-Cuban. And the majority of the non-Cuban ones are Fuente. So there you go. And then after that, I really, it was a confluence of really, um, well, it was serendipitous, uh, to be honest with you. I wanted to do a, a sequel of sorts to the Impossible Collection of Cigars. At the exact same time, uh, Chiro Casella, who is the uh, president of uh, Tabacalera e Fuente in both the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua, uh, or what will be the Nicaraguan factory, um, also wanted to do a book on Fuente. And 
I sent Carlito, who I'd known for many, many years, a uh, an email and uh, Ciro uh, or Chiro, depending on how you want to pronounce it, um, sent me an email back and the, uh, the rest is history. So it's two books. I have the small book in a shameless plug right here. The big one is is enormous. I actually can't even, it's like this big, it's very big. Uh, but the small one is, is well, it's not that small, but it's, it's relatively I've big. seen That's, that one. Carlito showed me that one when we were down book. at the factory, but I haven't seen the big one. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's thick. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, 304 Ooh. pages long. It's chocked full of information. And, um, you know, the funny thing about uh, Carlito, whether he's still wearing, watching or not, is uh, the first thing he always says is, is no to any project. It's just, <laughs> it's, his, it's his knee jerk. I'm like, I really wanted to do this book. And it's almost like the reverse Jedi mind trick. It's like, this isn't the book you're looking to do. And it's like, no, 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 it really is. And it's like, no, 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 I, I don't have time for this book. I'm like, you have time for this book. So the tables kind of turn. And, um, and uh, took about 18 months. Uh, by the time it all comes out, it'll be a full two-year cycle. And uh, it was really remarkable. The photographer that worked with us, Ian Spanier, did, I, I want to say six, could have been seven original photo shoots um, uh, for the books. And uh, there are more images in the small book. So there you go. Uh, Steve Newman says, I didn't know there was a smaller book, uh, but there is. And now Steve knows. And they're not identical. I really should stress that. They are complementary to each other, but the um, uh, the small book, which is much more condensed in a lot of different ways, also has, I want to say, four times the amount of text, maybe even five, than the large book. The large book is a combination of an object to art slash book. This is a book book. So there you go. Oh, that's good to know. Um, now, have I seen... So is Good or not, we all now know. <laughs> um, I know that I know that there was the Arturo Fuente book, but then I remember seeing that there's another book that looks like it's just on Opus X. Is that true? Yeah, no. So one is Arturo Fuente since 1912. That's the large book. Mm -hmm. um, it is definitely... We had a focus on something in, in this particular case. It seems to me what the, the story everybody wants to know is the creation story of the Opus X, uh, the Puente Puente Opus X. And so that is what we focused on, but it's not singularly the only thing that is in that book by any stretch of the imagination. The smaller book, the compendium, if you will, to sound somewhat erudite, um, the compendium is everything. It's um, story of the family, uh, story of cigars, story of the Opus X, story of all the cigars that came uh, before and after. It is about all the collaborations and the partnerships within the luxury world that Fuente does. It's just a much more comprehensive volume, quite honestly. So, um, but yes, the cover, the bas-relief sculptural cover of the large book is... Um, Definitely focuses on Opus X more than more than anything else, but it's not exclusively the subject. For uh, sure. Okay, okay. Um, those books, Mitchell. Are... What are you drinking? It's. I, I'm glad I'm not drinking alone. What are you drinking? You got a beer? It's it's non-alcoholic actually. It's. I don't know if you guys get this up here. Fentimins. It's a botanical kind of like semi more natural ginger beer. So, 
Uh, usually, I'm sipping bourbon. What? Bourbon is my go-to. It looks like someone's trying to show off how healthy he is. Trying to make everyone else no, feel bad. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. Dude, I'm you usually, gotta I'm usually... I don't know what that is, but... <laughs> I'm usually drinking this... bourbon if... This is called water. Uh, it's, uh, I, you know, it's... Uh, there you go. Uh, hold on. Carlito uh, said, uh, this is guaranteed to be an amazing show tonight. Aaron Sigmund is absolutely a world of information. I am unknown to most, uh, uh, always uh, much to learn obviously, uh, entertaining and a grasp, uh, love with. Um, thank you, Carlito. He's always like, okay, <laughs> so I keep, we're going to sidebar for one second. Go ahead. Carlito hey, don't, needs, don't, and I've don't forget his him. emojis. Don't forget his emojis. He got a lot of love. Oh, yeah, I know. I got, heart, I got some hearts. Thumb up, love. thumb up, thumb up, heart so, kiss. <laughs> so Carlito has a tendency to communicate through WhatsApp and he sends uh, these voice messages. And yeah, sometimes I listen does. to my voice messages like two, three times. And I'll tell you what, they, he, I keep on saying this, he needs to be a, a motivational speaker. Like he could put Tony Robbins out of business. His messages are like absolutely the fucking bats. Like I'll just listen to it and listen to it. And even if I'm having like a down day, it's like all of a sudden I'm like reinvigorated, re-energized. It's just, it's the best. It's, it's really, he really is exceptional is. in that in many regards, but that is really his like secret gift, I think. It's like everyone knows about the cigars and all the other stuff, but that is like he just pumps people up, and I fucking love that. It's funny you say that too, because like I I I know about that, and I can speak to that too, and it's true. Like you'll get a you'll get this voice message, and you're just like, there's a mystery there because you have to listen to it. You can't just like, oh, what's he? Oh, okay. And you kind of skim through the text. You you have to listen to it, and you you hear the whole mon. And he doesn't yeah. just go like. Yeah, I will send one. Thanks. Like it's a whole story, and you listen to it. And no, you're like, wow, whole thing. <laughs> it's great. It is. It's uplifting. Very well said. Oh my gosh, inspired to be a better person. It's yeah, no, unequivocally. So there you go. Um, so we did the two books. Uh, super excited about that. We launched the large book, uh, the Arturo Fuentes since 1912 in Dubai in uh, December. I, you know, it was a combination. Carlito happened to be over there for the World Cup. Uh, well, I mean, in Qatar, but um, he was nearby and he was willing to do, he wanted to do an event in Dubai. But I really wanted to do, um, uh, Stephen, I will get, or Steve, sorry, I will get to your question in a second. Um, uh, I really wanted to do an event in, last year because it was the 110th anniversary of Arturo Fuente. And it was it was oddly more important to me than than seemingly any originally it, it was. So uh Steven or Steve, I can't remember because your name disappeared. I apologize. Steve. We're gonna call you Steve. Little Stevie. Steve. Whatever. <laughs> it works. Um the large book actually, believe it or not, goes on sale tomorrow, as a matter of fact, on azeline.com. Um, it will also be available in fine cigar merchants uh all around the world starting tomorrow and uh the small book is uh it's going to be a surprise it exists but um uh carlito and Ciro have something special planned so that will come out later this year so we will just say available later this year and uh, we'll leave it at that but um that's going to be phenomenal I, it's all great it's it's just been a brilliant project and it's been super exciting to uh to work on and uh 
really a pleasure. And I love this industry. So the more I get to doing it, the happier I am. And, uh, but by the, uh, by the summer or I guess late spring, both books will be out. So there you go. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm slouching, kind of looking at myself in the camera. Am I slouching? I don't want to slouch. No, you look good. I feel like I'm slouching. Thank you. Appreciate As Michael that. Scott would say. Um, like so, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, appreciate that. Um, uh, so there you go. Um, yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is, so I worked for Davidoff on two separate occasions. I did some projects for Altadas. I was the creative director of General Cigar. And as you mentioned, I work for Nat Sherman. So mm -hmm. I'm, I, I kind of work for most everyone at this juncture. I mean, you made the rounds. People, you've, you've hit a lot of the big, I made the the big ones. I did. Well, the little ones don't want me. I don't know why. The only, the only major, the only other like big one I'll say is you haven't done like Drew Estate, but I, I think creatively they have all of what they need, I guess, in house between JD and everyone else that they have. They so Jonathan, they, does, yeah, they do a great job. So based off of what I, they don't need me. Based off what I've seen, I, I even think stuff. like the direction is very different, right? You're uh, overall, you know, not to say you couldn't go there, but I, I guess I could. You know, I used to actually hang out with uh, Scott Acid. Um, uh, back Chester. in the day, back in Brooklyn. Yeah, great guy. Good, good fun. So, uh, so uh, yeah, and I've known Jonathan a long time, but uh, I think uh, part and parcel, yes, that's not necessarily my my bag. But, uh, yeah, the big guys, uh, I've definitely uh, made the rounds, obviously. So there you go. On the uh, on the books, I had a question. I, on yes. the On the bigger one. Did I hear correctly yes. that those there's only a limited amount of them being made? That is true. So it's a it's not a limited edition, but it is a limited production. Okay. This is so this is a debate in the cigar uh, world that we have all the time. Whoa, is it production? Is it edition? <laughs> no, no, it's not a numbered. I mean, to me, a limited edition. Well, actually, I'll even go further. A limited edition is not just a numbered edition, but it's a low numbered edition. I'm very, very uh, specific about I agree. that. You know, you have these watches. Yeah, I write about watches as well a lot. And they'll be like, oh, it's a limited edition, but we made four that Brooklyn in the house. All right, Harvey. Good man. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, you make 3,000 or something or 4,000. That's just not a limited edition anymore. Uh, so the the small uh, the large ones are limited production. They are it, it's insane the amount of time that each individual book takes. So it's hand stitched and hand bound. Uh, the cover uh, the the box that comes in the clamshell box takes forever. The cigar bands are real cigar bands. They're hand tipped in. The photos are hand tipped in. It's just a lot of handwork not on like a cigar wow. itself. So it just takes a tremendous amount of time. So they can only actually make so many of them. And uh, so that's kind of where we're at. So is it going to be like limited production, like per year that like you'll make so many and then the next year you'll make another round or is it a one-time build and then that's, gone? that's up to Azaline and Fuente. I mean, we had the initial run, uh, which was uh, both uh, uh, a number that was set by Fuente and Azaline. And, um, 
then uh, you know we'll see. Hmm. We'll see how they sell. Definitely, definitely a collectible for sure. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah, so- and I can tell you that the first, the first, but I know there'll be at least a second print run because we're pre-sales uh, wise, we're almost already out of the first, uh, the first round. So there you wow. go. Wow. So. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. That is amazing. Thank That's you. awesome. Yeah. If Carlito is still watching, hopefully uh, he, he knows I, I deserve royalties, even though it's not in my agreement. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, no, it's doing a couple boxes well. in the and mail. So, oh, well, I will say they have been exceedingly generous. So I'm, I'm, I'm good. So it's, uh, yeah, they've been very kind. So yeah, no, the, the, the books have done very, very well. Um, the very first event we're going to do, I guess I could announce it now because it was just decided yesterday, Sunday, March 5th from 2 to 5 p.m. in Balhaba, uh, Miami, Florida. Um, Carlito and I will be uh, signing books there, uh, mostly Carlito. Like when we did the event in Dubai, I think I signed three books. And then Carlito signed all the rest, like six. Years. Well, you know what? <laughs> After this show, you're probably going to be signing. And I don't blame people. At least like, four. I want at my least book four. signed. Hi, Carlito. You know? <laughs> exactly. Right. We're shooting for four in Miami. No, it's. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you a funny story. So, Carlito has beautiful cursive writing. So he's he's writing this long inscription. He's signing his name, and he's like, "Hey, sick. You know, this guy wants you to sign the book too." And I'm like, "No problem." So I draw an ampersand and I just write "sick." And I'll, he's like, uh, that's, all, that's all you're going to put? I'm like, you wrote a novel. I already have a novel invested in it. What more can we say to this person? It's like, you know, I, I could do XO, I guess, if they feel very passionate. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was like, he, he just seemed, he seemed disappointed. I'm like, you were, and his penmanship is fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's really, really impressive. So uh, I'm just like, yeah, we're, uh, we're good here. Subsequently, the following day, I signed a couple of books and I wrote a little bit more in them. But, uh, but yeah, it was a big event. So we launched in Dubai. Uh, we were on that story and I kind of got uh, lost in it. So we launched in Dubai. Um, and Dubai, the distributor in Dubai, technically had an exclusive for, for 60 days. And so the book goes on sale. So we did that event December 15th. And those books actually completely sold out. And um, now it will be available worldwide um tomorrow starting tomorrow just coincidentally so there you go or not so coincidentally because i'm doing press his signature is beautiful yes garrett his signature is like i'm telling you he is incredible penmanship carlito's a rock star i totally agree with that uh one step away from signing boobs he might have signed but you'd have i'm sure he's you gotta get some boobs I'm sure he signed some boobs too. It's, uh, I would put it past him. He's not signed my boobs. I, I will just say not yet. That. Or moves. Yeah. <laughs> well, not yet. I haven't asked. He did volunteers, so there you go. Uh, yeah. So no, Dubai was amazing. So we're doing an event in uh, in Fall Harbor in Miami, uh, and then at the end of March, we're doing an event at. Um, uh, two places. We're doing a couple different events in London. As a matter of fact, we're launching. Uh, Jeremiah, Aaron is the best. Well, who's going to argue with that? Thank you, Jeremiah. It's late. Wherever Jeremiah is, I know many of the places he, he usually 
is. It's uh, it's very late. So thank you for joining us, Jeremiah. I appreciate that. Um, well, Jose's asleep. So Jeremiah's I awake. I don't even have to read the comments because Aaron does it for me. <laughs> exactly. No, it's great. It's like I love the I love the comments. Who signed boobs? Uh, well, no, we don't know. We it's a uh, it's a debate. Um, Someone suggested so, Carlito, uh, but we we cannot confirm or deny. We don't know. Can't we can neither confirm nor deny. It's, it's a just, rumor. Uh, it's a possibility. It's a rumor at this point. <laughs> well, that started only <laughs> yeah, uh, five minutes ago on this show. Allegedly, um, allegedly. As as long as we say allegedly, we're clear. We don't, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, that's so that's broadcast rules. They're partying in Brussels. They're ah, they're together. They're, uh, they're, they're yeah, they're together in European time. So uh, wow, it's late mm. there. So the only one missing guys. from this, the yes. only one missing from this little song and dance with. You know, Someone go is, wake up Jose. Yeah. Where's Jose Blanco? <laughs> sleeping. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's the elder, sleeping. You know, the elderly need their rest, <laughs> you know? He needs his beauty they rest. Do. He needs his they beauty rest. Do. It's like, and he looks good for 85. He looks, I mean, oh, he looks man. He looks, he looks great for 102, you know? I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly. Uh. So, anyway. So, uh, coming to Canada, uh, John uh tbd we don't know all the different stops on the book tour um and i don't know carlito's um uh schedule in general but uh who knows so london we're doing an event at maison azeline which is the kind of global flagship store for the publisher it's beautiful it has a bar in there and restaurant and all sorts of stuff and then we were going to uh james j fox jj fox yep the historic cigar merchant which is historic for a number of different reasons not the least of which is Jeremiah, funny enough, who's watching, um, informed me that was the very first retailer. Uh, no, don't wake up, Jose. He needs his sleep. <laughs> yes, we all agree. He, he, he needs his Betty Bye. So um, uh, JJ Fox was the very first place to sell Opus X, um, Jeremiah mentioned to me the other day. Uh, wow. So it's historic on a, a number of different levels, but it's personally historic for these books. So that's very exciting. And while we are there, the guys from um, March 30th, we are on. Yes, March 30th. And uh, while we're there, we're going to have a panel discussion that will be led uh, by the editor-in-chief of The Rake um, and uh, who is also one of the founders of Cigar Keep. So uh, I, I think we're going to try to videotape that or, you know, or not videotape. I mean, how old can I be? We're going to video it. <laughs> we're going to get the camcorder out. Cloud. We're going to get the camcorder. We're going to put it on the Betamax. And no, we're going to, we're going to do that. And uh, we'll share it with the, the kids at home. So, uh, so Tom's going to do this. Tom Chamberlain is doing us a favor. And uh, he's going to be the moderator. And it's really exciting because I love the magazine, The Rake. And if you don't uh, get The Rake or read The Rake, you should. Uh, it's great. Uh, kind of gentleman's magazine. Not gentleman porn style magazine, but it is a... Uh, Kind of men's lifestyle magazine, and uh, and then he and his buddies started uh, a thing called the Cigar Keep. So uh, we're excited to have them on board. So we're doing those two events, and then I know Carlito is planning on visiting a number of retailers uh, in the Greater London area that uh, carry Fuente. So there you go. So nice. you guys are you guys are staying busy. You Bloody guys are great. definitely on your world tour, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there are talks about other events, and I know we're going to do one in the Dominican Republic uh, at the Arturo Puente Cigar Club, uh, probably in May. Oh, okay. So there you go. That'll be awesome. Are your um, mm -hmm. on your other books that you do, you know, the Impossible Collection, yes. 
the Playboy books, and I know that you've, mm-hmm. you've done some books on watches as well that are all from Azaline. Twelve. Um, no. So no. I've done six books for Azaline. I've done six books for um, for Rizzoli, New York, for our Italian friends. Rizzoli, New York, for New Yorkers. Okay. Um, and then other publishers. But Rizzoli and Azaline are my two big publishers. So, yeah. The uh, Are all of the other books, are those limited productions as well? Or are those a regular production? Are those... Well, I, you know, it's it's interesting. The price point of my books has a propensity to kind of limit their market in general. You know, you do a, a book on watches, it's 150 US dollars, like 200 Canadian dollars or 300, <laughs> whatever the loonies at. Before, before um, <laughs> And then, exactly, before taxes. Um, so I just, the price point kind of limits where they all go. So, uh, so, but yeah, for the most part, they're kind of higher end, but not exclusively. I've done some perfectly approachable price books. And what is the price point on the Fuente books? So the large book, um, is 1,200 us dollars. It's the same in euros. Um, I think in British pounds, it's a thousand. Don't quote me on that. I don't know what it is in Canada, but it'd probably be about fourteen hundred dollars. The yeah, small book days. doesn't have a price yet. Yeah, the small book doesn't have a price yet. So okay. TBD, as they say. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So there you go. Um, yeah. No, well, I mean, I... interesting, but not compelling. Well, you know, <laughs> you said it, right. not me. You don't um... get out much, do you, Matthew? I mean, it's just so, so interesting. <laughs> no, hey, I, I do. I do. Um, but you know, homesick for the last I mean, I'll be week, honest you know? with your tough audience. Most people find me funnier. I'm just going to have to work on my material for you guys. That's, I don't know. Have you thought about it? Have you thought about a career as a, as a standup? You know, it's never too late to follow other passions. You know, the book no, thing has well, worked you know, for my, you, but... my right knee is giving out. Yeah, exactly. My right knee is going out a little bit. So <laughs> I don't know if I could, I could be like a sit down comic, I suppose. Uh, no, I, I like being an author. I'm very happy. Yeah. So, are they, uh, uh, Nicole, uh, he has a pregnant wife. So no, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I know the, but I don't know what no is. It's, uh, I'm just going to say yes, because, uh, when Mrs. Sigmund was pregnant, I know that arguing with a pregnant, uh, wife is, is bad. So just, yes, it's, it's I'm scary. Say yes. It's very scary. Um, you know, oh, it is <laughs> hide all the knives. That's all. It's extremely blunt objects in the, house. in the house. Lock them down. Exactly. It's uh, <laughs> it, it only gets better as much uh, So yeah, it's uh, exactly. um. So uh, what else you got for me, kids? Well, I, I mean, want to I want I mean, to talk a bit about watches. You obviously mentioned you wrote a lot of book about watches. I had a small stint in looking at watches. I definitely am not in the point in my life where I can afford a lot of luxury watches, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. What, what do you, what's your go-to like brand or what do you love about watches? Um, for, for me, I, I love that kind of transition from utilitarian to luxury watch. Like Tudor is one of my favorite brands that I love about watches. They kind brand. of, they kind of cross that line of like, you can wear this watch every day, but you also have a piece of, you know, a little bit of historic kind of value there with them. Um, what, uh, 
what what what's your kind of go-to brands or maybe like some not so relevant brands that you're like you know these guys deserve a bit more of the forefront in the watch world sure um a couple of things somebody uh popped up and said happy happy wife happy life and truer words were never said um <laughs> well here's the thing guys um the watch guy the scotch whiskey guy the bourbon guy the wine guy the cufflink guy the mont blanc uh, pen or omas pen guy and the the watch guy they're all the same guy and by guy this is not a gender thing and by guy i'm old so by guy i mean whatever gender you identify with you're still a guy to me you're either a dude <laughs> or a babe or a guy i i use it non-discriminatory no so, bro there you go i just want to make it's that a universal term bro it's a universal <laughs> term um but people who have a who love who love uh, cigars tend to love all those things and vice versa car guys um, car people i guess I, <laughs> um are are kind of uh, those folks too so um you know so uh, mitchell do people call you mitch it's i don't know you know what they can call me whatever mitch. they feel comfortable calling me I, i'm i'm open to there anything so i'll call you mitch so um you know, obviously there are categories of specifically what are called tool watches. Um, and uh, like a dive watch or a chronograph is considered yep. a, a tool watch. Um, but, you know, it just all kind of goes part and parcel with a real true appreciation for craftsmanship, for um, hand assembly or, or, or handmade objects. And so there's a real... There's a real connection between cigars and watches, which is one of the reasons that there are so many watch and cigar partnerships, not unlike uh, Hublot or En Francais, Hublot, um, and Fuente, as a matter of fact. So um, very common. My books on watches kind of spread the, uh, they kind of span the gamut of the entire watch world. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Nice. I mean, hopefully one. I don't know. Hopefully one day I'll. Want me to recommend a watch to you? Send me, send me, send me a budget, and I'll, I'll send you a watch. I mean, look, you can get some great. Like, there's this company. I happen to love them. It's called Auto Dromo, and they make chronographs and they make really nice, kind of high design watches. Very few of them are above a thousand dollars. Most of them are well under a thousand dollars American. So I'm really hoping that was R and not. You know, that was me. Yes, here. yes, blowing on the okay. cigar. So, Aaron, let me ask you a question. Right, do you do you feel like a lot of the yeah. mainstream brands like Rolex and whatnot? Do you feel that they're overrated brands because they just get way more attention? Not that they're not good quality watches, but do they get too much attention? Uh, it's actually a great question. So, I don't know that. They, I mean, I don't know how you can quantify too much attention, right? So, so, but I will say this: the watch world is oddly analogous to the cigar world. And you're going to say, how so, Sig? And I'm going to tell you. So there are major players in the cigar world and there are major players in the watch world. There are large independents in the watch world and there are large independents, Fuente certainly being one of them, family-owned, that including Patak Philippe, who are in the watch world. And then there are all these little boutique brands as there are in the cigar world. So oddly, the two kind of universes 
are relatively speaking uh, very similar in a lot of different ways. So when I was learning about the watch world and I already had knowledge about the cigar world, they just seemed very similar to me. There were great comparisons. And subsequently, when I'm talking to other people who have really solid knowledge of both industries, they agree that uh, that, that is true. So there, it's uh, to me, it's fascinating. Quite honestly, there there very there are great similarities. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I, it would be like saying, do Padron, Fuente, Habanos, uh, you know, uh, Scandinavian Tobacco or General, whatever you want to call them, Maltadas. You know, do they get too much coverage like Rolex and, and Omega and on and on and on? I mean, what's too much? I mean, they're the leaders in the industry and that's, you know, Fuente is, you know, the largest of uh, the family owned companies and right. they're, you know, they get a lot of coverage. So, I mean, it just, you have to create the news. So, uh, you know, you have to cover the people that are relevant and these are the people who are relevant in, um, in both industries. So there you go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very, for sure. Right. Um, it's Mitchell's, I gotta make you a t-shirt that just says for sure. For sure. That's, that's usually your, you know, you're a great color guy. He's like, uh, he's like the Baba Booey of, uh, of the show. He's just like, yeah, you you guys are all in black and I'm over here. I got some red, some blue, you know, there's some green in the background putting some color into this place. If he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't change his ways, he's going to end up being the, the um, high pitch Eric or one of the whack pack of the show, you know, we'll I say he's got to understand maternity <laughs> league only lasts so long. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's a tenuous situation at best. So, uh, so yeah, so, I don't know, but you know, what's really interesting. I've actually written a couple of articles about it are the amount of partnerships between um the amount of partnerships between watch companies and cigar companies. And there are a lot, quite honestly, you're going to ask me about all of them. And I'm just going to tell you, Google one of my articles and read it. So. Yeah, no, we won't get into all that. I'll be honest with you. The yeah, only, but there's a lot. The only ones that I, I only really ever heard of was the, the Fuente Ublo one. Um, I, I don't think I, there might've been one other one that I've heard of I'm trying to think, but mm-hmm. um definitely not i didn't i didn't realize Seriously, there are tons well it all starts with alfred dunhill so um i will talk a little about it i suppose um sure. alfred dunhill the world famous when it was truly a tobacconist in london they were the first to sell initially pocket watches and then subsequently i want to say 1932 could be 33 but it's right around there they sold uh wristwatches side by side with their cigars and their pipe blends. And uh, and it really started from there. And then the next most famous company uh, was called Cuervos y Sobrinos. They're still around. Um, but at their heyday, at their height, they were the equivalent of Tiffany in New York, Tiffany and Company in New York, Bulgari in Rome, Cartier in Paris, um, uh, in Havana. They were based in Havana and they were like the, the jeweler in there and they had their own watches i mean they had watches made for them in switzerland and uh so they had these swiss time pieces and because they were in havana um before the revolution a lot of the cigar companies like you hit a milestone in your uh career or you were retiring or whatever it was you got a gold cuervos e sobrinos 
watch often with one of the brand logos on it. So those were the two kind of uh, forerunners of watches and cigars. And it really took off from there. And uh, it's been going ever since. So yeah, there are many. And they're interesting articles, not because I wrote them, but it's just an interesting topic. And since we're on that topic, I thought I would bring it up. No, thanks for letting us know. I'm definitely going to check that out. I, like you said, I, I didn't realize there was that many partnerships, but it's very interesting. I'm a watch Should guy. I be drinking more? Go ahead. It's always good to drink more. It's yeah. always good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, knock yourself out. Okay. Says the guy who's drinking ginger beer. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, just <sighs> for some context, you know, Carney is usually on the show a fair amount of time. And when Carney's on the show, he drinks a whole bottle of wine. So, I mean... Sky's really yeah, the limit. I won't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it likely is, but I only have the, uh, I think this was like a half bottle when I started. So we're doing okay. So there you go. So yeah, no, watches and cigars. Big topic. Uh, yeah. All you have to do is Google my name. And what's your opinion about Tag Heuer? Um, says John. Uh, I'm a huge Tag Heuer fan. Um, they continue to innovate. Their coaxial movement um is really one of the paradigm shifts, one of the seminal movements in the watch world, uh, exceptional timepieces, and really, relatively speaking, far more approachable than a Rolex um, and uh, certainly yeah. easier to source and purchase. And if you're a racing nut or even not a huge racing nut, but you're a racing fan, even a mild uh, racing interest, uh, Hoyer, which is what it was originally called, um, went just hand in hand with racing essentially from 19, we'll call it 65, but there are a couple, but okay. You got to stop making that. I know Mitchell. What, 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 what the so fuck was it's that? Because <laughs> you announced cigar. Uh, like it seems very it's, intimate it's and the, really it's more it's than the tapered I end. I'm, what are you doing? It's like tapered. It's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like just the little, tapered end. It's not, it's not Jesus. creating the best seal. It's supposed to be a professional. I mean, I haven't heard any sounds from a glory hole since the eighties, but I'm just saying that <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Um, so, the Canadian outdoors, uh, anything could happen. Yes, out here. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, Tag Heuer. Excellent, excellent uh, watch. And uh, what I love is they're not a company that uh, tends uh, to, they don't really rest on their loyal laurels. They just came out with a new movement that kind of set the whole watch world ablaze. And I want to say that was only last week, two weeks ago, something like that. So very exciting stuff. I remember, sure. I, so I, I- We're really not talking cigars. We can't talk cigars. We can talk whatever you guys want. It's your dime. Uh, well, it, since we're on the watch um, topic, I mean, I, I, I did work for uh, several jewelers, you know, when I was younger, um, while I was doing college and after high school and whatnot. So. Uh, I got into watches myself. I'll be honest with you. You had an odd emphasis on the word Jew and jeweler. So is, is, should I be concerned? Is that... <laughs> that, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't even catch that, but I, okay. Like, uh... right. it's like, the jewelers. That's all right. That's, you know, I'm just, I'm hypersensitive. It's just me. It's okay. I'm fucking with you. Go ahead. Uh, uh, so I got into watches at that time. Uh, I currently, I have, I have one major Swiss watch that I pretty much wear all the time now. Uh, I wear a Breitling Avenger 2, the Super Avenger 2, um, mm -hmm. which is my favorite. Breitling was just one of those brands that when I was younger, 
I just got attracted to it and uh, I loved it. And I remember at the time I was working with a lot of people who had, you know, much more experience in, you know, in the, in the, in the business and, you know, I've been selling watches for a long time. And I remember one of the discussions that came up, this was like 10 years ago was a lot of those Swiss makers were using out house movements and putting them in their watches, but they were right. starting to kind of all build their own movements and move away from that. Um, is yep. that is that true still? Are, are they trying to only make in-house movements just across all of their SKUs and trying to get away from that so it's 100% so, in-house? So um, not every brand is going that direction. Uh, however, the simple answer is yes. For the last, I don't know, five, maybe even seven, eight years, it's been a while that the movement is uh, really the, the shift has been um, to do in-house movements, absolutely. So, and we were talking uh, initially about Tudor and their movements are for the most part, uh, hey, uh, uh, watch uh, that the only Italian with a Jewish name after my grandfather. All right, so uh, Harvey, I don't, I don't know what that means, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly Jewish, so. So we, I got you covered, Harv, is <laughs> what we're saying here. Right? So you're I'm allowed to make the jokes people. then. Okay. Oh. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's like, you know, you know, anyone else. It's uh, exactly. If you're in a group, you can make fun of that group. And, you know, if of you're not in that group, then you're just a racist, I guess. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it should be that way. When I was growing up in New York, you know, everybody made fun of everybody, but now everybody's hypersensitive. So you're, you got to stay in your lane. Is yeah. really what it comes down to. I, I stay in my lane. So there you go. Um, we're losing people precipitously. Should we talk more about cigars? I feel like we should. We will. The watch things only working so well. All right. We will. We got, How well, long we, is this show? We got, we got on this tangent, though. This? We got on this tangent of the watches, though, and there was some good stuff there. And it's something yes. that I care about a lot myself. So I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta take advantage I, of the conversation. <laughs> all facetiousness aside, I, I really do mean this. I've written a number of articles for uh, several different publications about watches and cigars. If you really have a genuine interest in this topic, you should uh, you should Google it. Um, Watchinista is one of them. Cigar Keep, which I mentioned earlier, yep. uh, is another. I, I can't remember, but I've written similar articles for a number of different publications. But it's it's a huge universe. It's it's really it's out there. So there you go. Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna give you a quick break while I do the news segment really quick, and then we'll come kind of come back. Um, so I'm gonna switch over. All right. That. Do we know if Mitch is still? Is he breathing? Oh, there he is. All right. I'm alive. That was weird. Oh, I think you're muted there, Matt. Sorry, um, that was from last week. Um, <laughs> sorry. Let me start again. Our new segment is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today to sign up to become an official ambassador, and while you're at it, head over to their Facebook group and join their McAuliffe Ambassadors Facebook group. It's a hell of a time smoking McAuliffe Cigars. Um, yesterday, Mitchell, I know that you obviously were brought to this news. Uh, a new event was announced, which was very interesting. Uh, two Guys Smoke Shop, David Garofalo uh, and Dan Davison of United Cigar, held a press conference, and they announced that the Two Guys store – always has their anniversary party for those who don't know. I mean, I've been to this party, but big party, 500 people come. Uh, it's a big dinner, sit down dinner with a game show aspect. They always give away this huge prize or whatever. 
it, it's it's awesome. It's a great event. Uh, people have traveled for this event. It's a it's a larger, smaller event, I would say. I mean, it's not as big as you know some of these mega events, but it's a good size event. Unfortunately, they are having a hard time finding hosts um, to host this. Yeah, event. the indoor smoking issues. It, it is, and you know, being in New England, it's a region where it's obviously very tough. Uh, so they came up with this idea that they're going to transition that, they're going to phase that out, and they're going to a uh, a larger event, an outdoor event that will be hosted in New Hampshire called the New England Cigar Expo. That will replace their anniversary party, um, but also kind of while they phase that out, move towards kind of a whole new event that's even bigger and better and they're doing more things. Uh, that is going to be a two-day event in September, September 29th and September 30th, Friday and Saturday. Um, there's going to be multiple ticket packages available. Uh, all the information, just so you guys know, you can find it at smoketobacco.com in our Cigar Industry News segment uh, section. As always, you can read the whole story with all the information, but you know, kind of the highlight points are it's a two-day event. Um, they're going to be giving away 38 cigars at the door. So one of the big differences for this event, like some of the other events like the Great Smoke where you've got to go and you go visit each booth with the manufacturers and you get a cigar and you kind of talk whatever. Um, they've kind of eliminated that, that trick-or-treating aspect of getting cigars, so to speak. So they put them all together and they give them to you. So when you walk in, you already have all your cigars, and then you can, you're can you free to just kind of do whatever you want to do. You want to go to the booths and see the manufacturers. You want to sit down, you want to eat and do this, and you don't have to kind of be in the line waiting to go through all of that before you can kind of do everything else. Um, so that, that's kind of what they're doing. That's a little bit different. They're still going to have, they sound like they want to do some events during it for sure. Yeah. And I think it's because they're, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to get people to be a little bit more free with how they move around the event. Uh, they're going to still do their game show aspect that, you know, they've had at their anniversary parties this year. They're giving away, um, 800 pounds of cow meat, uh, grade a sirloin, black Angus grass fed. Uh, they're holding this at the dreamers ranch which is a, uh, a farm in New Hampshire that helps kids you know, learn about farming and agriculture and working with animals and stuff like that. So um, their prize this year is all that meat, and the meat will come in a 16-cubic-foot freezer. Or actually, I think it's half of it. And then the other, the other, and when you get through that, they'll send you the other half of the cows. It's a lot of meat. Uh, the whole breakdown of what you get for steaks and meat and how many is on the website in the article as well. It's, it's quite a lot. Uh, so they're doing that. Uh, they're also going to be doing uh, micro wrestling on Saturday, which, yep. is, which is very interesting. It's You heard that right. It's micro wrestling. It's uh, little people wrestling. Um, there is going to be an event at 4 o'clock for that. There will be ringside seating for VIP ticket holders, uh, standing room for everyone else. There will be two-day tickets, VIP tickets that get you into both events. The VIP, you get in earlier, and you get some other extra perks, including an after-hours um, event at some of the stores uh, after the event is over on Saturday. Uh, there's also going to be single-day tickets just for Saturday for those who just want to go for Saturday. Um, very interesting. It's new. It's different. It, it's it's kind of you know one of those events that's um, it's I find it similar to the Great Smoke. I don't think it's as big as the Great Smoke, but you know who knows this thing could grow. Uh, it's going to be who a knows? Thousand. Yeah, it's it could be definitely th grow. Yeah, it's going to be a thousand tickets versus the five hundred that the anniversary party normally is. So um, now, now you mentioned it is an outdoor event, but from what I hear, it is in a giant tent that has yes. heating and cooling. So if people are like, "Oh man, New Hampshire in summer, wherever." Um, I don't know exactly where it is in there, but uh, it isn't technically in like a uh, cooled and heated tent. So 
you'll you'll be good that way. Yeah, you're not gonna be out in the sun. You know, it's gonna be yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's not gonna be in a function building like it normally is. It's gonna be, um, you know, it's gonna be a little different. So, uh, but yes, it's a good point. It's it's the largest. I think it's the largest like permanent tent in New England or something like that. Uh, or New Hampshire. They said it can hold up to 1,500 people. So yeah. So and this this event's going to be ticketed for a thousand people. Um, we'll see where this goes. I you know I'm excited to see what happens. It, it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see how it plays out its first year. But um, hoping it hoping it goes well for them. You know I know those guys really well, and you know I I've known. Are them you going to try to make it down? Yeah. I mean I live right here, so I mean yeah. I mean I obviously I will I will try to be in. Might as well. Uh, I'm not too far away, so um, no, it's exciting. Uh, I wish them the best, and uh, hopefully, it's 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 uh, it's going to be a great event. Tickets go on sale May 6th at 10 a.m. in store, and then at 11 o'clock, they're going to open it up to phone sales, so you can call in if you're out of state, you're not from around here. They're trying to you're gonna let the locals get their tickets in first, but um, you know it is open to anyone. So if you you do want to travel to come, obviously it's open. For everyone but the tickets are expected to sell very quickly so if you are interested don't sleep on it uh it's going to be a big deal and there's going to be so much more information that comes out as time goes on and the year unfolds uh one other thing too that i'll mention um off the top of my head they will be making a special commemorative cigar for it it'll come in a 10 count box what that cigar is and all this has not been finalized yet but uh, they are working on something so that'll be uh something that will be announced in more detail later on in the year so head over to new england cigar i think it's new england cigar expo on social media i don't know if they have their website up yet uh you can go to two guys cigars.com the number two guys cigars.com and you can uh get information or you can reach out to one of those guys get more more information on that and head over to smoking tobacco.com to read the full press release and the news story with all of the information um on that event if you're interested so uh very excited for that. super excited about that event that that's going to be Really fun. Dave puts on, you know, so many good events. He does. You know, he's been around a long time. So uh, let's bring Aaron back on. I don't want to leave him sitting around in the background for too long. He might, uh, he might get, might get too. Tested. May run away. Yeah, he was get his glasses back on. I'm not sure what he was doing. So I don't know. <laughs> might have kept himself busy while he was off camera. I don't know. I don't know. He, he, uh, he seems like a guy. I Instagrammed you guys. You Instagrammed us. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah, nice, well, nice, I mean, nice. Share the love on the socials. Yeah, that's that's, see, that's, Thank that's you. sharing is caring. What does Coop say? Sharing is caring. Sharing, sharing is, is caring. Yeah. So there that's you it. go. Um, you know, that's a lot of meat. It is. <laughs> that's what she said. You know, and I understand quite honestly, you can't beat that meat. It's uh <laughs> it's just a lot of meat. No, you can't. We'll see you later. It's it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> The double on Tundra, Mitch. You just got to keep up. That's uh, that's really. What I'm, trying. Down to. I'm trying. I'm um, trying. You know, it's uh, no, I know. You. It's this I Canadian conversion rate. I'm it's, this Canadian conversion it's, rate is just it's it's tough. The Canadians are just too polite See, up there. You know, they don't. They it don't means have, two I'm sorry. Things I know. I, I'm really sorry. Yeah, Canadians. They, they, they do have... apologize a lot. Aaron, you got to remember the Canadians. They're not as they're not as dark as the Americans, right? You know, we're the evil we're the evil neighbors to right. the south. So. You know, they leave well, their we are. they leave their doors and cars unlocked. You know, you know, they don't Do they don't they? have evilness up there. <laughs> Depending on where you live, but yeah, even still, yeah. <laughs> and they, and as long as you're not a native 
I don't know. Do that? Would is a Native Canadian, Native American Canadian? What would you? Indigenous person. It's all good in yeah, Canada indigenous. as long as you're not an Native American indigenous person. Yeah, there you go. it's all in so North America. Go. So we're gonna lose more viewers. All right, let's talk cigars, kids. <laughs> um, so Aaron, one of the things we did not talk about, obviously, some of the the low hanging fruit, you know, uh, in terms of cigars yes. you smoke. What 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 is it that you smoke other than Fuente and Cubans, which I know you smoke a right. lot of those. Outside of those, you know, what, what are some of the other things that you do enjoy to smoke? So, you know, it's uh, it's funny, not ha-ha funny, but when you get older, you will find you have a tendency to be brand-specific. Uh, that's why they're all getting stolen. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, I'll just chuckle to myself through the comments. It's fine. No, it's um, all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all good. Uh, I'm just reading and talking. Um, you know, you get to a point, it's like, here's the thing. You're either a Heinz ketchup guy or you're a Hunt's ketchup guy, right? It's like you just, you know, but when you're young, you know, you'll you'll eat any ketchup, I guess, is really what it comes down to. So I Is this also a double entendre? No. Just, just about ketchup. I'm so sorry, oh, sorry I'm so sorry about him. But it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so um, I, I smoke on a regular basis three particular company's cigars. That's Puente, Davidoff, and Habanos. Every once in a while, I'll throw in a La Polina Goldie in there because I actually like the stuff that comes out of El Titan de Bronze, um, which is a small factory in Miami. Right. Uh, and, that, you know, I will try anybody's cigar. If somebody is kind enough and says, hey, I, I saw you on Instagram or I saw you someplace and I want you to try our cigars, I do. I give them a plug and I'm very happy to do that. I, but really what it comes down to is I I have my go-tos. And those, even though one is a company and not a brand per se, those are, well, actually, they're all technically companies. Um, those are the three companies that I go to. One is because I started out with Davidoff and I'm just familiar with them and I like all their products, but not, uh, I like a lot of their products, but not all their products. I have not liked a number of the limited editions that have come out uh, lately. Although the number one is good, but it just tastes like classic number one. Uh, and the rabbit was good. I liked it. Uh, good evening from Miami. Absolutely. Good for Miami. Orlando's here. And uh, the fact of the matter is it's warm where he is. Even warmer than un unseasonably warm New York. So thank you, Orlando, for joining us. Um, I like the rabbit. It was way better than uh, what came out the year before. It was not tiger. great. The tiger. 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 I've heard a lot of 50-50. It looks this. super cool. There's like 50% of the people loved it, and 50% of the people absolutely hated it and said it was the worst release. So it's it's interesting on the tiger. I don't I don't think it's any of those things, but it definitely <laughs> wasn't the best. I, I think the sheep, uh, it's only 71 degrees. Okay, Orlando, nobody likes a braggart. It's like, we got it here in Miami. It's beautiful. We're moving on. Um, you know, I think out of all of them, the sheep was my uh, favorite. And I've tried all of them with the singular exception of the original dragon. So next year I'll be another dragon. But the original dragon, I want to say it was a Japan exclusive release. It was in China. Um, but the original Chinese Zodiac Davidoff was a dragon. 
So it was 11 years ago because next year will be the 12th year. And um, that's the only one I didn't taste. But out of all of them, the sheep was, or the ram was my favorite. So there you go. Yeah, I haven't so, had the rabbit uh, yet. Yeah. Um, excited for that one. But we've Rabbit's got- good. I mean, it's not, it's not remarkable and it's very expensive. I mean, man, the prices of that, it, it just keep going talking up. about your upward trajectory. I mean, I think originally like they were you know, 28, $29, $30, we'll call it $30. And now it's 50 bucks. I mean, that's an expensive stick. One of the things we've talked about so, on, on, specifically- like $200 in Canada. Yeah. Well, on this topic yeah. with the with the especially with the Davidoff specifically, um, with the Zodiacs. Mm-hmm. Now that we go to reset to the Dragon again. One of the conversations yeah. we've had is: Do the blends stay the same as they go back to these animals each time, or do they reinvent it every time they they kind of circle back to the, the animals again? Well, funny enough, we were uh, I say we, but it was really just me. We were talking about the uh, Lopalina Goldie. So in theory, and it seems to be true, the blend stays the same, but the Vitola uh changes year after year so this year it's a liquido number two and it's a fantastic cigar that cigar will age very well um but it's a small factory i'm sure there are slight changes but uh you know it's i mean yeah i believe that the blend stays the the same obviously the wrapper on the tiger was completely different than the wrapper on everything else so oh yeah i don't know uh i personally love the late hour robusto or churchill Absolutely. Late Hour is a great stick. Thank you. Love that. Uh, uh, Really, really, really love the Late Hour Churchill. Absolutely. It's a great stick. Um, So, yeah. So those are the ones. But I'll try anything. If somebody says, hey, Sig, you know, you got to try this. I I never say no. I mean, you know, Dutch Master. I don't even know if Dutch Masters is still made, but probably. probably Are they? I thought they were. I thought they were. I don't know. But I probably wouldn't smoke a Dutch Master, but pretty much anything else. I'm good. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably. I'm probably. You know, it's funny. You say that as you get older. So, are you saying that as you get older, that your does your palate just get just so much more refined to the where you're like, I'm just sticking with you know these three things. No, I, I think you know it's a matter of. Uh, I just think it's it's habit isn't the right word. It's just you have a familiarity with certain companies or certain blends within those portfolios. And you just kind of gravitate naturally to that. If I go into my local tobacconist, which usually is uh, one of two, it's either the tobacconist uh, of Greenwich in Greenwich, Connecticut, or it's the Davidoff store on Madison Avenue here in New York. If I go in there and somebody says, "Say you have to try the cigar, I will, you know, but if I'm not, I'm just going to go to what's familiar for me. And uh, I think that's human nature, quite honestly, but as you kind of find your flavor profile, as you kind of say, I'm a medium bodied, medium blend. I like a lot of complexity, but I don't want it over complex. Whatever your preferences are, it's completely subjective. But once I know there are certain cigars that fill that kind of category within the cigar criteria that I'm personally looking for, then, you know, that's just what I gravitate to. It says nothing about anyone else's quality if somebody says here's a padrone i'm like oh that's great you know i'll smoke that up it just but i know what i buy and and that was kind of where we started with this so what i smoke on a regular basis in essence quite honestly is what i've smoked on a regular basis 
forever for a very, very, very long time, at least in the twenties. So for the last 23 years. So, but again, I'll try anything. Have you, have you explored anything from Costa Rica, a really, you know, a brand that falls into that category, uh, selected tobacco, yeah. you know, we gave it cigar of the year this year, the Nelson, um, I think would be right Alfonso. up, Alfonso right up. Yeah. Four. Uh, yes. The Alf Alfonso, sorry. The, the Nelson isn't out yet, but, uh, the, those would probably be right up your alley there. Uh, you know, that right. So complex, there used to be a, delicious... a factory in, in, uh, Costa Rica called Tabacalera Tumbor. Um, they subsequently moved, but they were pretty big, uh, in the nineties when you were children. Um, <laughs> They were a big factory in San Jose, Costa Rica, and they made the Bahia cigar, and they did a fantastic job with that cigar for a very long time, especially the Bahia Gold. That was a real kind of culty, um, uh, kind of cult cigar I've, for a I've long time. I've heard the brand before. So, yeah. yeah, it's changed, and the, the founder no longer is involved, but, uh, you know, back in the day, in the old days, um, they came out with some great sticks, but it was made in Costa Rica and it had some Costa Rican tobacco in it. So absolutely. So that was fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not partial. It can be made in Honduras, Nicaragua, you know, Dominican Republic. I'm not preferential. It just, you know, it just, I kind of go to, you know, you, what's the saying, you know, you dance with the girl you brought. I mean, it's, it's, I know the cigars that I smoke and those are what I gravitate to. But if I'm at one of the local cigar bars in New York and somebody hands me a stick and says, try this, I'm completely game. Why not? And you never know. Um, you know, there were a couple of Caldwell cigars along the way that people had handed me. And I'm like, all right. Uh, J.C. Newman, the, uh, the 125th cigar, I was very, very fond of. I thought that was great. Technically a Fuente cigar, but not. So I know that, Not you know, we talked Fuente obviously though. a lot about doing a project with Fuente. Are there any other brands mm -hmm. that you would be open to or may possibly be working with in the future on a story of their own? Well, if Carlito's still watching, I have to take the Fifth Amendment on that. For you Canadians, that means I can't incriminate myself um, by that <laughs> answer. No, you know, um, I mean, we kind of addressed this in the beginning. I've worked with a lot of companies over the years. Um I'm incredibly proud of the books that I did with Fuente. Um, I love working with Carlito and that's not lip service. I've, I've told him that in person a multitude of different times. And it's not just him, it's his entire team. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm very, very happy. And for right now, I'm only working with Fuente. So okay. um, I'm doing some branding and some marketing stuff in regards to the books. Um, I don't know if that'll turn into something else but uh uh right now within the cigar realm i am only working with fuente and i am only focused on the books and their their marketing and their pr and their presentation and all that type of stuff so that would answer that but over 31 years i've definitely worked with a lot of different companies and uh but you know i, I talking about uh jose blanco and i know he's long been asleep for the last 12 14 hours um, you know, Carly, uh, you know, he told Carlito not that long ago, he said, you know, I started with La Aurora and I went to, to Hoya de Nicaragua and now I'm going to finish my career with Fuente and I feel like I'm finishing with the best. And 
it's really it's really hard and it sounds like lip service but it's not the more time you spend in the fuente factory the more you really as a consumer taking off my you know consultant hat or my author hat whatnot it is such a remarkable operation and uh and i i don't disagree with uh with jose in the least it's just um it's an incredible company and i'm honored and and really uh pleased to be even remotely uh affiliated and associated with it it's it's an honor quite honestly and so yeah i i'm i'm not looking to make a change i guess is what i'm saying very 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 happy and uh so there you go so oh. yeah fuente for now fuente okay. hopefully forever quite honestly now and maybe forever but certainly now for now well, that sounds like a plan. Uh, well, I'm definitely excited. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. So. I'm definitely excited to check those books out uh, once they once they make their way around. Um, Should I hold it up again? Yeah, show it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. It's that Thanks. if that's anything. So yeah, that's real. So, hold on, it's real silk, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, I guess I can flip through it. It's, uh, you know, we've got photos. I don't know what I'm showing because I can't really see. Uh, Karen Barnes at Chateau de Fuente. Yeah. 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 So, uh, no, it's great. It's great. And it's amazing. And, uh, uh, yeah. What can I say? I think one of the things we need to talk about is in the modern history of cigars, we should definitely touch on this. Yes, of course. There have never been two books like this period. So there have never been mono brand monographs is what you would really technically say. Um, that's why I was, that's why our books, Sorry, that's why I was curious because these really are so unique and specific, and it... not so unique, completely unique. Um, right, but like in the very strictest definition of the word, cigar books have a propensity to fall into a couple of different categories. There are books all about Cuba, which are relatively uh, not common, but it's a common theme. You have what I call cigar one hundred and one books, and even my Playboy book of cigars is that. But uh, Nick Falk's book and uh, Rick Hacker's book, they all fall into that, like what you need to know about cigars to kind of start getting into cigars. Then you have a couple of self-published uh, autobiographies. Uh, Stanford Newman did one. Uh, Zeno Davidoff did one. Joel Sherman at, from Nat Sherman did one. There has never, ever, 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 ever been books like the ones we did for Fuente in the entire history of cigars. And that's not nothing. I mean, that is, I mean, you're talking about centuries worth of tradition and there have just never been books like this ever. And that's remarkable. So it's truly another Fuente first. And uh, that was very exciting to present. Quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, you I guys are stupefied. Uh, no, I, like I said, I got a, I got a glimpse of the smaller book. Um, when I was down with, I mean, Nicole and I went down to the factory in November and we spent some time with, with Ciro mm -hmm. and, and Carlito and, and Carlito had the small book and I did get to flip through it a little bit and see it. And it was very well done. I didn't get to see the big book, but he, he told me about that, how it, everything was like hand laid in there. And I can just only imagine, yeah. you know, that, that quality of presentation, um, which, you know, for those, you it's know, fantastic. and again, just to kind of add on, we talked a little bit about the price earlier. When you see the price, you have to also remember you know, these are not just printed run-of-the-mill novels you find on the shelf at Barnes & Noble. I mean, these are no, real this... handmade masterpieces. 
They so, are. Well, yeah. I mean, they are. I mean, that's the simple answer. They they are. I mean, price is always subjective, but it is. Um, they're incredible, especially the large one is. It's a work of art. I mean, I said it earlier, and I, I'm saying it again. It is much of a book as it is a work of art. I mean, it's it's remarkable, and Azaline does it just so perfectly well. They are. Uh, the Rolls Royce or the Bentley, if you prefer Bentley, silver rolls uh, of publishing. I mean, they just really are. So there you go. Or, or maybe they're the Fuente of publishing, you know, the, the, the parallel, the, the book of, you know, wow. the book to match the cigar. Absolutely. So, someone's trying to get some brownie points. No, absolutely. Right? <laughs> they, well, I will say, and that's one thing that I think Carlito and Chiro are really excited about. The brands that Azaline really kind of tackles with or without me are simply the best of the best. I mean, they really, you know, represent the best brands out there. And uh, I think that there is something to be said for that. So thank you for waking up. Uh, I'm, I appreciate it. Obviously the ginger beer kicked in and uh, that's an excellent <laughs> comment. No, it's true. It's fair. Very true. We're making a lot of jokes at uh, Mitch's expenses just because uh, he's the rookie. Well, it's easy. But, uh, it's yeah, easy. He's the rookie. He's Canadian, so he's too polite. Exactly. So he'll just yeah, take it's it. right. It's easy. Yeah. You know, I just sit here and apologize. Exactly. And well, we're gonna it. we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show soon. Before we do, Aaron, stay with us as we end the show. Um, but before we do, I do want to just mention um, once again as a reminder, um, our annual Cigar Family Charitable Foundation raffle fundraiser kicks off March seventeenth at nine a.m. and will run for several weeks into the end of April. Um, I spoke with Steve Saka today, and DTT will be putting something extra special into this uh, raffle as well. So new prize alert. Uh, Saka is in, as I said, something extra, extra special. I don't want to say anything until we confirm with him, but some of the things he mentioned, I think a lot of people are going to want to see. And this, some of it may pre it might be some pre dtt stuff if you follow my drift so that's all i'm gonna say if you know steve and you know him long enough you can kind of connect those dots so um he's gonna let me know but it sounds like there's gonna be some some cool stuff maybe some dtt and some pre dtt stuff in there uh so definitely check that out head over to smokingtobacco.com for all the updates as well as the link uh to the raffle page we can see all the prizes that are currently there and there's always stuff being added every day so uh, just keep checking back if you're keeping track of that stuff. Um, Aaron, thank you for being here tonight. I really appreciate yes. it. Great time. My pleasure. Thanks for beating up on Mitch. Uh, I, I I hope I hope his feelings. I'll have some better. bruises tomorrow. <laughs> oh God, I hope that's not true. Well, a little true. Uh, before before I sign um, off, just remind everyone again where they can find you and your books, uh, where they can check it all out, social media, websites, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, everything is on uh, Instagram at uh, Sig Cigar, S-I-G Cigar. So there you go. I know how to say cigar, but easy, I think very easy. Else does. Head over yeah, there. super easy. And uh, like I said, the large book goes on sale. I, I should do this uh, shameless, not so shameless plug. No, go ahead. Uh, the large book goes on sale worldwide, worldwide uh, tomorrow, <laughs> and that's very exciting. So there you go. Yeah, well, when I'm doing the pitch, it, it goes down very low. You have to. It has to so be. It's uh, yeah. Why not? 
And uh, thank you for having me on the show. I sincerely appreciate it. I uh, thank you. I don't do a lot of these because I don't know. I just don't do a lot of these. So you guys made it easy, and I appreciate that. Well, we try. So we do our go. best here. We do our best here at Smoking Tobacco. So, so thank you. No, you guys are great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, you guys have a great rest of your evening. Finish your cigars and your ginger beer or whatever. And uh, I'm going back to my wine. And uh, and there you go. So I really appreciate it all. Sounds good. We'll enjoy. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and everywhere you can get your podcasts, as well as visit us at SmokingTobacco.com for more news, updates, reviews, and information on our charity fundraiser. And we'll see you on Saturday night with Mitch and Coop. Take care, guys. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.